could you yeah. like guide like explain how you leverage credit for your first apartment first investment property how did you leverage yes. credit so as i started out in real estate because i knew i wanted to get in real estate i pretty much started to brand myself that was one of the biggest things that i learned from my mentor he told me knowledge plus credibility equals influence mm -hmm. so which means when you have the knowledge base about a particular space and now you build credibility because people know you as a stand-up individual. You're not running off with people money. You're not out here lying, right? So you, you're knowledgeable. People trust you. Now you have influence. And when you have influence, you can turn that into money. You can turn that into opportunity because people want to invest in you. People will buy from you and all of these things. So I, I mastered that concept and learned real estate strategies. I had good credibility because a lot of people around me, they knew what type of person I was, you know, man of integrity. And I started to build influence as a real estate professional. And I didn't have any real estate experience. I would just wear suits. I would, you know, I started my business. I'm handing out business cards. I had meetings with my family and my friends telling them, listen, when it comes to real estate, I'm your guy. So I just positioned myself. I seen it before anybody else did because I knew where I wanted to go, right? So to, to, to pretty much move the story along, a friend of mine, his grandmother was going through a pre-foreclosure. So a pre-foreclosure is when you own a home, you fall behind on your mortgage payments, and now the bank is in the process of foreclosing on your home, also known as taking away that property back from you, right? So he comes to me because I branded myself as the real estate professional. He says, hey, Ramel, you know, I know you're in the real estate. This was happening with my grandmother. How do you think you can help us out? So I went and sat down, went to the property. I evaluated the property, and it was a two-family brownstone in Brooklyn. And you from wow. New York, so you know yeah. how much these properties are worth. So it was a two-story brownstone in Brooklyn. I was able to get start a short sale process, which means I worked with the bank and I was able to get that property in the contract for $590,000. But the property was worth $1.2 million. Jeez. So I literally contracted it for half price of what it was worth. Now, that was a great opportunity, but I'm straight out of college. I don't have no money. I'm like, this is a great deal. But how do I push it through? How do I execute? Now I leverage my credit. I was able to bring in a capital partner who, because the deal was very, very profitable and you know I had good credit, he was able to put up the $590,000 for me. I put no money up out of my pocket. Now, the only thing is I had to give him 50% equity in the, in the deal, which means when I bought the property and sold it, we split the profits 50-50. So he put up all the money. We fixed it up, put it back on the market, sold it for 1.2, made six figures, my first deal ever. And from that point on, you know, I kicked off my real estate journey. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how can someone right now, like, you know, I'm right now I'm 23, by the way. So how can I position myself, you know, where that is leveraging my credit to get my first um, property? That's a great question. So like you're me, what? Four, like five years ago, right? So I was in that same spot figuring out how I position myself. So the best thing I would say is all of your time, money, resources should be going into investing in yourself, right? So looking at your credit, you could go to Credit Check Total and you can get all three reports. You want to look at it, get with the credit repair specialist, you can get with me and um, just really look at your credit, see what's on it. If you have any collections or negative items, work on getting it removed. And what we don't know in our community, that credit repair is very simple. Like people pay a bunch of money for it because they just don't have the information, right? So one of the things that I learned when I was in college 
my professor, he always told me, you want to get paid from the neck up. You don't want to get paid from the neck down. You want to get paid to, for what you know that's in here. Because if you get into an accident, something happens, you get paid here, right? Yeah. So from a credit repair standpoint, right, a lot of times we can dispute these things just by calling up the credit bureaus like directly. Say, hey, you know, this is Verizon bill on my report. It's not accurate. I need to dispute it. And if you don't dispute it, I'm going to be in contact with you through my lawyers. Like a simple conversation. And they, ha they have to dispute it. And within 30 days, if it's not verified, by law, they got to remove it. But we don't even know how to have a simple conversation with the credit bureaus. We don't understand those things. So for you, I would say look at your credit profile. See what's on it. If you don't need repair, you may need to build it, right? So a way you can build your credit is leveraging authorized users. So what authorized users are is when you inherit the credit history from someone else's report. So for example, I have a credit card with Chase that has $20,000 on it, right? I'll call up Chase and I'll say, hey, I want to add you on as an authorized user. I'm going to give them your full name, date of birth, address, social. And within 30 days, that $20,000 credit card is now going to report on your credit and boost your score. And this is what a lot of wealthy people do for their kids. Like when their kids is 12, 13, they add them on. And then by the time they're 18, 19, 21, they got an 800 credit score and they're able to go out and get a bunch of loans. So um, look at your credit. Continue to do what you're doing right now. Like, you know, you got your podcast going, you're branding yourself, you're networking. Like, those are the things that's going to open the doors because like, you're, you're, I'm on your platform right now, right? Yeah. But I have services that I can offer you. I have resources that I can offer you. So the same way you're putting me on your platform and I'm able to talk to your audience is the same way that I can share information with you, you know, because I know real estate credit. Like, I may be able to assist you or point you in the right direction. So I always say the money is in the people, the people you know. That's it. So if you invest in yourself, invest in people around you, that's that's all you need to do. And the pieces are gonna actually come together for you. Simple. No, that that is dope. That that's definitely dope. Yeah. That's dope. So are you more kind of like your Instagram? I see that you're more of a commercial property buyer. Why is that compared to resident residential properties? Yes. So um, just recently over the last 12 months, I started to transition into commercial real estate. I started out in residential, but the reason why I'm heavily focused on commercial real estate at this point is because I realized that the money is in commercial real estate. So if you have one roof, right? If I have one roof, why would I want just one tenant under one roof? Because if that tenant decides to leave or it's a pandemic like it is now and they stop paying, I'm stuck with that property still paying taxes, mortgage, maintenance. I'm stuck. I'm losing money, right? So now instead, I want to go and buy a 10-unit building or a 20-unit building. And now if I have one or two or three or four tenants that don't pay me, I still have another 15 tenants that's still paying me and paying for my expenses on the building. And it's one roof. So you rather pay taxes on one roof that has 10 people or one roof that has one person. And what I found and buying commercial real estate is actually much easier than residential. And they don't tell us this stuff, right? So with commercial real estate, the way bank, the banks are more willing to lend you on commercial real estate than residential. With residential, they want to look at you as a person. They want to look at your W-2s. They want to look at your pay stubs. They want to look at your tax returns. They want to see six months bank statements. They want to look at your credit. They want to see everything under the sun. They want to draw blood from you, right? <laughs> but with the commercial real estate loan, they want to look at the property. All right, how much money is this property bringing in? 
What are the expenses on a property? What location is this property in? You know, what type of class property is it? So it's more focused on the person and then they look at you and will just show that you have some income coming in. If in the event that this property went under, you can still support the mortgage. So it's flip-flop where residential, they're looking at you and then the property, in commercial, looking at the property and then you. And that's why I promote commercial real estate now at this point over residential real estate.